Hey there, welcome to the Lurk Lounge, the pod where we discuss the real on all things business and entrepreneur related. I'm Summer Burnley, attorney, business strategist, entrepreneur, lover of Grey's Anatomy, sipper of matcha tea, believer in Christ, and ethnic food enthusiast. I invite you to eavesdrop on the lessons and conversations inside the Lurk Lounge. Hey, Lurkers, welcome back to the Lurk Lounge. Now, before I get into today's lovely guest, you know I have to give you the disclaimer and the biz tea. So this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. Nothing should be taken as legal advice. You listening to our wonderful podcast does not create an attorney-client relationship between us. Laws vary, and so may your situation. Whatever you have going on legally, please look for a qualified attorney in your area. Now, time for today's biz tea, the business tip of the day. Today's biz tea is to know your numbers. I need you to know your business financials like the back of your hand, okay? I need you to know your financials like you know the words to your favorite song. Key financials you should know. Your revenue, your profits, your expenses, your gross and net profits as well, and how much debt you have in your business, how much cash flow you have, and also your effective tax rate. Emphasis on the effective part because it's different than your marginal tax rate. So knowing these numbers will give you a quick snapshot at the financial health of your business. So today's tip, know your financials. Now, let me introduce you to today's lovely guest. Rachel is a high school English teacher from Washington State. Now, after some time in retail management and a chance nannying gig in Florence, Italy, she realized that teaching was her true calling and strength. She also loves travel, so putting together both is the perfect marriage. She calls on her strengths in teaching to create excellent courses for both teens and adults. Besides travel, Rachel loves to read, crossword, and watch Husky football. That and shop for shoes. Rachel, welcome to the Lurk Lounge, girl. (laughs) Well, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I am so excited. Yeah, this is really great to be here. And it's interesting, like writing those words and then hearing you read them. It sounds much more exciting than when I wrote this. I love that. Y'all, let me tell y'all. So I typically talk to each guest that I have here for like a quick 20 minute chat beforehand. And Rachel, how long did we talk? Like it was like well over an hour that we were like on the phone, like on a Saturday, like, oh, whoop de doo Yeah, girl, tell me your life. (laughs) Tell me more about this. Tell me more. Yeah, we had a great conversation. And I remember thinking like, um, you know, just some of the people that I've met through this starting, like the entrepreneurship journey has been so interesting and so like fulfilling because I never thought that that would come with it. Yeah. Um, you know, yes, I love to teach people and yes, I love to, um, you know, be creative and, it, uh, you know, explore different ways to use my strengths, but I never imagined like making online connections like I have. So that's pretty, it was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Super cool. Okay. So I've read your professional bio and gave the people, you know, this beautiful Mm -hmm. buttoned up version of you, but give us the real (laughs) on who you are, who you serve, what you do and why. 
Yeah. So the, the real, um, yeah, I'm a little, um, you know, I can be professional when I want to be and not when I, when I walk out of my classroom, um, you know, I like myself a cocktail. I love to like, I love to read, but I also love to, um, I love to explore an adventure. There's nothing I think that's better than, you know, going to a place, watching people, making up stories about them in my head. Um, Okay. So you do that too? Oh yeah. Okay. (laughs) Just me. Okay. I'm not actually crazy. Okay. (laughs) No, no, no. Well, and I, you know, people say they hate air. Well, a lot of people say they hate airports and I love being in the airport because you just hear things, see things. And I just am always making up stories or talking to somebody. Um, and I, you know, I'm an introvert, like a classic introvert in an extrovert job. But when I'm traveling, I'm the opposite. Really? Just, yeah. Yeah. I just, for some reason, I like to just talk to people and I feel more open when I'm traveling, um, which I think is a really cool, just a really cool way to be, I suppose, um, to be able to just get out of my comfort zone and, and be that way. So yeah. A new, yeah. Um, Do you remember the first place you traveled to? You're talking international or just in general? Internationally. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. So I showed up in Athens, Greece and yeah, I'd never been abroad. Um, you know, anywhere may I've been to Mexico with my family, like just across the border. Um, so I show up in Athens and I was supposed to meet my best friend in the Athens airport. And we had like looked up the map at the airport. And then I got there and realized like her flight would have been coming at a different gate, different terminal. And so I was just like, oh man, what do we do? <laughs> you know, this is when legit iPhone 3GS, right? Like oh. you know, this is like 12 years ago. No, um, you know, no no data overseas. Yeah. You know, now you can turn on your phone and it's like $10 a day for, you know, data or whatever. Um, and so get there and I'm like, well, how am I going to find her? And we just, I guess we both just wanted the airport. And eventually she was like, Rachel, and I was like, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) So I, you know that, and then neither of us wrote down where our hotel was. So lovely. No. Yeah, it was great. So we wandered the streets of Athens for at least an hour just sweating just sweating bags and all oh yeah you know we just brought the big rolly bag and not even a like we didn't check we both checked a bag it was ricky it was oh my goodness okay yeah we'll get into more of that but i completely cut you off and asking that and thinking about that let's go back who you who do you serve (laughs) i serve I serve students and by students that can be, you know, anybody who's a lifelong learner. I would say like the Mm. main age is, you know, anybody between, um, you know, I teach high school kids. So like 14 to 18, but, um, you know, anywhere to like, I would say age 25, but I also just, one of the things I've been really talking to my students about recently too, is just the importance of being a lifelong learner. You know, are you seeking the information? that you want if you want it and are you learning more about the things that you care about or are you just sitting complacent um i think it's an important skill and it's something that keeps us fresh and not bored you know gives us a little bit of purpose and so if there's somebody who's you know 55 and wants to learn how to travel better i also serve them yeah you know because i love i plan 
yeah, like I've even been like, should I get my PhD or should I get another master's? Yeah. Um, maybe if they forgive student debt, I will. <laughs> yeah. I'm one Not of those people <laughs> where it was like, oh, I could like just go in school and be like, my my career could be that of an educational student and I would just learn and pick up like a whole bunch of stuff just for the mm-hmm. heck of it. And then when you realize how much you can learn in other countries just by traveling and meeting people, it's like, mm-hmm. shoot, why stay locked up in a classroom? <laughs> like, <laughs> let the world yep. be my teacher. <laughs> exactly. I mean, there's things that you can, um, I was in New Orleans and there's this, the walk, this walking tour app and it's, somehow, you know, matched up with GPS. It knows where you're at. And so a couple of friends and I, we put it, you know, in our headphones, had our phones on and we picked a tour and we were walking through Louis Armstrong Park and it was telling us all of these updates, Yeah, you know, about like, oh, and now you're here and look to your right mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. look to your left. And it was like, I was there learning about it. That was a cool experience. That was really cool. That sounds super yeah. cool. Like, how did you actually get into the travel industry? Like, how did you turn your passion into, like, something you actually wanted to pursue as a career? Mm-hmm. Good question. Uh, so one of the things that I started noticing was that a lot of people, friends, uh, parents, friends were asking me questions about traveling, uh, you know, diff- advice, suggestions, places to go, things like that. So that was kind of my first I guess, clue. And then summer 2019, a woman that I worked for who was, she has, you know, three teenagers, her own business. So she's managing a lot. Um, She was like, I have two weeks to spend in Europe. I need help. Plan it for me. Yeah. Love Europe. Okay. Right. And so, you know, I think Europe's one of those places that's like, it's pretty easy to navigate. Yeah. uh, Relatively just because a lot of people speak English, pretty westernized, you know, there are places that you've seen in, you know, your history book. Yeah. Uh, it's just, especially it's, common travel places. Yes. Yes. You know, everybody, I mean, the English that you hear in, in Italy and Spain and, uh, you know, Paris, like there are tourists everywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, versus going to a, you know, a small town in Thailand or, you know, going to China. Yeah. Or, you know, different places in Japan or where it's, where maybe the language, the characters don't even look like, you know, English characters. Cause that could be kind of hard Correct. too. Yeah. So that's kind of how I, that was the seed of it, right. Was helping her. And then uh, I've always wanted to start my own business. Not always, but in the last few years, just because yeah. the education system is, it's frustrating me to be quite honest. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's slow. It's bureaucratic. And I believe in kids and I believe in, I do believe that education is so important. Um, but also I'm like, okay, but you know, we're not, we're still teaching dead white guys in the English curriculum. And this is okay. That part. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm just like, (laughs) so like, that's really hard to just grapple with. And know that, you know, even like this year, we wanted to change some of those things. And, you know, with COVID, we haven't been able to change hardly anything this year, just because that's been a whirlwind. So that's kind of how I got to where I I am, I suppose. (laughs) It's a lot of different steps, but. COVID like put a, 
like a damper on travel for mm. a lot of people. Like COVID came and basically was like, oh, you had plans? Cancel them bad boys. Like, uh-uh, <laughs> not today. <laughs> oh, you thought you were going somewhere? You better sit your tail at home. No, ma'am. And so it's like... I know, um, like I've had several friends now who, it seems like Mexico was the hot spot. Like a lot of people are going to Mexico. Mm -hmm. Um, but what advice do you have for people who are trying to like navigate COVID and traveling? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. And you're right. A lot of people are going to Mexico. They are hightailing. Um, what's up with Mexico too? Like, do they just have low cases or? Uh, actually, that I don't know for sure, but one, they're one of the only countries letting us in. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, that's part of it. So there's, I think there's like 30 some countries that will let us show up there, you know, and be like, yes, we'll let you in. And that was like a month ago. So that could definitely have changed and be less. Yeah. But, um, I mean, traveling safe during COVID part of it is, um, you know, quarantining beforehand and getting tested beforehand. Um, the other thing is if you're traveling with a group, um, making group, I guess, kind of a, a group agreement, right? Like yeah. we're all going to quarantine. We're all going to, you know, wear masks, get tested first. And then when we get down to wherever we're going, like I have a friend in Tulum right now, and this is kind of what yes. they did. Yeah, Tulum. Going to Tulum. It. It's like jumping. I yes. feel like you, I could just show up in Tulum and probably see like five people I know, like, hey, girl, you made it too. Hey. Like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> From 20 feet away. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, making agreements like, uh, you know, like no one's bringing any, you know, anybody home from the club or, you know, maybe yeah. we're not going to the club or all our activities are going to be outside. And, um, you know, I think Mexico is a great option too, because it's, I mean, there's so many things that are outdoor because it's warm. Mm, yeah. You yeah. know, and the, the virus, you know, doesn't, you're, you're a lot better off doing something outdoors with people instead of indoors with people. Yeah. And so the, there's another, her name, I can't, I think her name is Hila, but she's how not to travel like a basic bitch. And so she has this, <laughs> she's so great. But she has this, you know, she did this kind of whole thing about traveling too, but it's a lot of just precautions. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, what we've heard on the news lately, like, you know, people are getting COVID from their families and, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, it's a total bummer, but gosh, I'm like, I'd rather spend Thanksgiving alone than like Christmas in the hospital. Yeah. You know, that's the real, that's so real. Right. Yeah. That's so real. Okay. What about, um, for like your business? So being that you're in the travel industry, how has COVID affected like your actual business? That, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so I got my business, I, like, that's a question uh, summer for real. <laughs> no, but it's, it's, a, it's good because, so I had, I got my business license February 27th and most things shut down like March 13th. 1415. So that's like, <laughs> Oh, you want this later. business, Rachel? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Um, here's something to just throw a wrench in the cog, but, uh, yeah. And so I don't know how it's actually affected it because I didn't really have the business before COVID. But what I do know is that a lot of people are talking about travel and missing it and talking about missing it, but nobody's yeah. 
you know, nobody's like really pulling the the trigger on, you know, booking anything or planning anything, which I don't blame them. Yeah. Uh, at all, which is kind of why I had to pivot because originally I was like, I'm going to plan people's travel. Like I want to plan, you know, an experience just for you. Um, you know, places that I think would be great to go that maybe not everybody else goes. And I'm like, well, no one's going anywhere. So, you know, I create <laughs> literally nowhere. Um, so I created a course to teach, you know, people how to travel. And that's, you know, it's been, I guess, fairly successful, but it's also, again, I think, um, I don't think people are, they're just not thinking about it, which I also get because, you know, some things, not right there in front of you and it's not something you can do immediately it's kind of like I gotta focus on you know what is in front of me keeping my family healthy and safe and online school and you know all of those things but I still believe in you know in educating people on you know different things besides like algebra and history because there's so many other things to learn you know what's it like right now for you trying to like being a um, I call it a newbie entrepreneur, right? What's mm-hmm. it like trying to balance starting and launching this business and also working a full-time job that has, in a sense, even almost been turned up down on upside its head um, because everything <laughs> has changed so much because of the pandemic. So what is this like? <laughs> it has been... I don't think I've learned more in the last nine months than I have probably since my first year of teaching, which has been stressful, but also, you know, in a way fulfilling. Uh, I like learning new things. I like being challenged. This is, this is a challenge for sure. (laughs) Um, But yeah, teaching did get flipped on its head. And especially for teachers who, you know, taught more than three or four years. Yeah, I know that I know the end game, right? Like I know where they're supposed to end up at the end of the year. I know how long everything takes. And here I am feeling like a new teacher. So I have all of the knowledge, but you know, I'm still this really weird boat of not knowing exactly what to do. So yeah, um, I put in a lot of time for sure on that end. And then, you know, I know having a side hustle, you got to put in the hours, you know, you have Ooh. to put in those hours when you're done with your regular job. And so there have been days when that has been really hard. Yeah. You know, like if the teaching day didn't go well, uh, or, you know, or even in the springtime when, you know, my seniors are graduating and I was really just sad. I was just kind of bummed out because yeah, you, you get that closure. And those days there, it was pretty tough to also find myself motivated to work on my website or, you know, doing some of those, those little things that entrepreneurs do that they don't necessarily know they have to do. And they're in it, you know? Yes. So it's been, I've learned a lot, learned a lot. Now, what would you say starting, starting this entrepreneurial journey for you has probably been the most difficult? I think for me, the most difficult thing has been, learning how to sell. Mm. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty technologically savvy, so I can, I can work my way through and problem solve a lot of tech stuff. You know, paperwork stuff is eh, fine, but selling is not necessarily in my nature, right? Like yeah. here, look at what I have. 
come buy it from me, you know, yeah. because my job, I'm never doing that. And, you know, I've worked in retail before, but I don't know, a lot of people come in and they want to buy something. Yeah. And they're, they're going to buy it or they're not, but they're there to buy something. So yeah, it, that's a little bit different here. It's like, no, I'm, I have to constantly be selling. And that has been difficult because it's just not a natural skill that I have. Mm -hmm. Is it the art of selling for you that has been like the most difficult or is it actually just telling people like, like flaunting what it is you actually have to sell? Flaunting it. Yeah. Look what I got. You need it. Come get it. (laughs) And being consistent in the selling piece, right? Like I can talk about it all day, but actually saying, no, now take the step, the call to action, right? Like the, look at what I got, buy it. And again, yeah. look at what I got, buy it. That's uh, in the past few months, I think that's what I've realized the most. I'm like, oh, I'm also a salesperson now. <laughs> oh yeah, you didn't know that? I always joke no. because I tell my <laughs> entrepreneurs like, you are one person. You are like, you may be a solopreneur. Like it may be just you, but Mm -hmm. I hate to break it to you. Now you're in sales. Now you're in marketing. Now you're in advertising. Now you're in finance. (laughs) Now you're in web design. Now you're in graphic design. (laughs) Like whatever the job is, now you're in customer service and you got to be the best at all of it until you decide or get to a point where you still got to start delegating stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you, you got to be in management. <laughs> like you yeah. got to know operations, you know? And I have this conversation with like m- my entrepreneur, I call them my entrepreneurs, they're clients, but they're like my little babies mm-hmm. because it's like, getting yeah, yeah. To, you know, like watch them grow up and grow their business and protect their brands and all this kind of stuff. Um, but it's like, you're, you're great at whatever you know how to do. The business part, not so much, but that's okay because that's not your skill set, right? But it's like, you know, as the CEO of your business now, you have to take the reins and then decide to say like, oh, okay, maybe I I should look up a course on how to design my website appropriately, (laughs) or maybe I should look into like, objections to selling and learn how to combat them or just get comfortable like telling people my stuff like it's gonna sound real crazy but you may have to get like real Issa Rae and insecure and practice in the mirror a couple times before you get it right (laughs) (laughs) she's the best she is love her shout out to Issa like I know her (laughs) right I know Lisa, if you're listening, your show is great. Right. We love you. We love, <laughs> we you. love you. God, when she, it, you know, you're right though. It's, um, it's, it's practicing, you yeah. know, and it's, it's seeing what works or what hits. And if it doesn't, I think that's the other piece is not feeling discouraged. Yes. You know, if you, if, if something doesn't resonate with people, that it's not personal. It just Correct. didn't resonate with anybody. So Correct. how do you, how do you change it? And I think had I tried this a few years ago, I don't know if I had the mindset tools to kind of talk myself out of that, right? Mm. Like to, to say, um, you know what, that's okay. So you got to try something different. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I would have just felt really defeated early on and just like, well, I don't think this entrepreneurship thing is for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
so I'm, you know, in those, in those ways, I'm, I'm proud of myself. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think you should be. It's Mm -hmm. hard. Oh man. Mm -hmm. It's hard. (laughs) Like I, I know, you know, I, I love entrepreneurship. I love, you know, the impact that it allows me to have. I don't mind working and it's like different because my skill set is different. So it's like, I've had, I've been in a position before where I've had to like touch a little bit um, of these pieces already, but Mm -hmm. you know, just from like an encouraging standpoint, I'm like, for most people, that's not the case, you know, like give yourself some credit, like give yourself a pat on the back, give yourself grace for just trying Mm -hmm. to go through the process and just waking up the next day saying, you know what? I get to try again. Like (laughs) we're going to figure this out. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, those, the trusting your gut days and the days Mm. that you take off, you know, where you're like, "Mm, I, I can't do this today. Yeah, I know I can tomorrow, but today I, you know, I need a break. Yeah. Which is okay. Mm -hmm. Which is okay. You know, I see a lot of these posts, you know, just on Instagram and Facebook, but Capitalism has told us that we have to hustle and hustle hard and not let a moment go by and, you know, without being productive. And those are lies. (laughs) If we aren't also taking care of ourselves and our loved ones, then what is it for anyway? You know, what does it even mean? So I've gotten past the point of feeling guilty if I don't have like the most productive day. Yeah. But you know what I would also say to that is on the days where you feel like you're not productive and not just you, but like talking to all my lurker entrepreneurs out there on the Mm -hmm. days where you don't feel like you're productive or on the days where you're hard on yourself for taking, you know, a CEO break or a CEO vacation or ending the day early. Just remember that you are the heart and soul of the business. So if you are not okay, if you are burnt out and you are not at your best, your business can't be at its best either. So Mm -hmm. you taking out time to nurture and care for yourself, to give yourself a break, is also an act of hustle. You're just not quote unquote grinding, you know, in the way that society tells you to. Maybe you need to like put the grind on slow grind. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. A steady churn. A steady churn. (laughs) Like we're making butter here, okay? Not Mm -hmm. sour cream. Like (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you want it nice and smooth and that's okay. And I think part of like honestly speaking from somebody who was um a recovering workaholic I have realized it's very important and very necessary for me to take breaks when I feel like I need them whether it be in the middle of a day whether it be oh I'm not touching anything on this Saturday or whether it be putting hard and fast rules around you know, when I actually talk to clients, like I talk to most of my clients through, um, as far as like video goes and, uh, actual consultations and stuff like that, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because I know I need to start and end on a certain kind of note. And I, for, for me to, to, in my mind, to, make my list, to end my list, to make sure I'm checking Mm -hmm. off all of the things. 
I don't want to be interrupted <laughs> by. <laughs> Yes. As a teacher, you I'm sure you can understand that, right? All the hands, all the things. Mm -hmm. Um, and those are hard, fast rules. And for instance, like, um, I have an amazing client who, um, is part of my, she's part of my approaching program and she's getting legal services and stuff too, but she likes to meet on a Friday Mm. and seriously, but jokingly, you know, I told her, well, I don't mind because it's just one person, right? And that's, again, part of yes. like your client experience and customer service and knowing I have the freedom to say no if I want to, but I'm going to enhance this client experience if I just say yes. It's one day a week. It's like an mm-hmm. hour that week. It's not going to kill me to like, mm-hmm. you know, give the grace and say, okay, yes, we can do this. But I'm like, when you start referring all your wonderful friends to me, don't go telling them that summer meets with you <laughs> on Friday. Because <laughs> you're the only one. <laughs> you're the only one. <laughs> you're it. <laughs> you know? I, um, yes. But no, yeah, I love I d- that. I love it. It's you like so necessary. Good. I feel like it's so necessary to have those boundaries in your business, whether it be boundaries for self-care, client boundaries, work boundaries, financial boundaries, where, you know, like what you're going to spend, what you're not going to spend, like, um, collab boundaries, what working with people, what types of people you will, or you won't work with, you know, Ooh, which brings me to another question. Okay. Yeah. So typically you only see like people of color who are building businesses that are really meant to amplify, you know, black voices or voices for people of color. Mm -hmm. So I was Mm -hmm. very surprised and like intrigued when I first read um, your intake and realizing that part of your brand mission is actually to help amplify um, black voices so that you can provide them access and education to like travel resources. Can you mm-hmm. talk to us a little bit about like how this came about as a mission for you? Yeah. So, well, part of it is um, I am a person of color. You know, my, my mom is black and um, you know, going a few generations back, I'm not quite sure if, you know, she knows exactly where in Nigeria she's from. Um, so that's, it's just, you know, it's part of me, but also sitting down and thinking about it, I, I really, you know, reflecting on my travels, I don't see a lot of black people traveling, Mm. you know, or especially around Europe. Um, and you know, then it really got me thinking, you know, as I was looking through Instagram and, you know, um, just looking at different people's, I guess, travel blogs and travel this and that, and just seeing kind of what was out there. I'm like, this is like a white person industry. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's, you know, it's whitewashed. um, Yeah. Well, and you know, all of the, the people that get paid money to come to these hotels and, you know, have these luxurious stays, like, you know, the majority of those people getting to do that were white people. And I just was like, okay. I mean, obviously I know racism exists, but it's pretty blatant here in this industry, you know? And so then I also found a lot of I guess, you know, blogs, profiles, et cetera, highlighting black people traveling. And I thought that was amazing. Um, but then it, so this is like my rabbit trail yeah. process. Um, but I realized, you know, how many 
black kids grow up with their parents traveling or wanting to travel or teaching them how to travel. And I don't really know that because I grew up, you know, my dad traveled around a bunch, mostly like in the United States, you know, road trips, but went to Europe uh, once, I think, and did a huge trip that way. And then, but then my friend Alex and I were talking, she's black from Louisiana. Half of her family still lives, no, most of her family still lives down there. And she has a niece and nephew uh, who are teenagers, ninth graders. And until they came to visit her for the summer, they had never been on an airplane. Mm. And her parents aren't poor. They just, they just don't travel. Hmm. And so I was like, wait, how can I make something that potentially gives kids of color access to learning how to travel, whether they end up wanting to or not. Can you explore the option and maybe like create some kind of spark? Yeah. Because that sometimes is all it takes, right? Hearing one story, seeing one person, um, you know, that's, I mean, that's all it took for me. I remember my dad told me about how he and his friend road trip and went to all the United States. I was like, Whoa, you can do that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, it was, (laughs) you know, and they took some time off school and went around and, you know, obviously it was, I think the early eighties. So it was a lot cheaper and, um, you know, and they're white, so it was safer. And, but I think, I like if if that's not just in your periphery, how do you know that it's there? And you don't know what you don't know. So can I provide something um, for, you know, kids, students, whomever to show them that this is in your periphery? Um, It doesn't cost a fortune to road trip. It doesn't cost a fortune to travel to Europe. I mean, it's not cheap. Yeah. But there are ways that you can do it. You know, you can budget. You can set aside, you know, 50 bucks a month and you'll get there eventually. Yeah. so I don't have to answer your question because I walked you through that rabbit trail of my, my <laughs> thoughts, but, but, you know, so my, that being said, my eventual goal is to get enough people who've purchased the course. So then I can provide free courses, you know, kind of scholarship courses to students of color, but then also eventually take students on trips. Yeah. Ooh. And just, yeah. And just, you know, I'm going to take five of you and we're just going to spend, you know, a week and a half in Rome and I love just Rome. See it. I, I had the best food in my life <laughs> mm. in Rome. Oh my. There's something just so yeah. I'm it's weird cuz I'm going to say nostalgic, but it's like I have no past memory other than being there, but it's just so yes. old world. Mm-hmm. That, and it's so classic. Oh my God. Like I just, <laughs> I absolutely love Rome. It's one of my mm-hmm. absolute favorite places in the world. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those places, it has a, a lot of, well, obviously a lot of history, but its history is good and bad. Um, yeah. It's, it's, you know, its current state is good and bad. It's, but, you know, when you're standing in front of the Trevi fountain and you're like, wait, this has been around for how long? Yes. And you know, you're getting water out of the drinking fountains that, you know, they created from the irrigation systems in from when? Yeah. <laughs> BC? You know, yeah. that's the work. Things, <laughs> okay, and the water's clean. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so those things I think are 
um, kind of those life, those little life altering moments where you're like, wait a second, you know, there's something that's older than 1776 or, you know, 1492 or whatever year you want to use for this place. But um, there's so much out there and any spark that I could light would be, I don't know, that would be just, it would just fill my heart (laughs) to be quite honest. I love that. Now you mentioned Rome. Do you think that would be like the first place you'd want to take the kids on their trip? Would Rome be the place you picked? I don't know. I say Rome because it's, because it is so old and it's one of my favorite places. It's it's huge, but people speak English. Um, You know, they have a big airport. I think it's because it's a hub. Yeah. Um, you know, and maybe you day, do a day trip out of, you know, to, well, I would love to take them to Florence because that's my absolute favorite place. But um, I would definitely take new travelers to probably a Western European city just because they can get around a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's that as the first trip. And then I'm like, yeah, but you know, you guys can go to places where they don't speak any English. You can, mm-hmm. like you can make it, you know, you can figure it out. You just have to. Yeah want to do it and try. So I'm here to tell you, you can do it. I spent three months in clermont Ferrand, and <laughs> it was like, oh, you don't speak French. Well, you can just figure it out yourself because we're not helping you. And, and then you go like every day for a week and then they become your friends and you figure that stuff out. And then it's Mm -hmm. wonderful. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then people realize like, Oh, you're the black American girl who's like in the city and they want to know what you're doing here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or why aren't you in Paris? (laughs) Exactly. Wait, you didn't want to go to Paris? Paris? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I went there too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But still, and I, but that's where the cool, I think, connection can come in with humanity, right? Is that like once they realize you're a caring human too. Yes. And yeah, it's a language barrier, but then it's like, wait, you're a person. I'm a person. Yes. Now we can get to know each other, yes. you know, and we can, um, and that is, I guess, maybe the ultimate, ultimate goal is to get people to build empathy for one another because I don't know how we, how else we help try to fix this place. Yeah. You know, hundred percent. Yeah. We have to have understanding. Um, you know, does it mean we love everybody like unconditionally by any means, <laughs> but, um, you know, just knowing that every we're people. And, um, if you can see outside yourself for just a hot second, then, you know, you can learn something. Yeah. Come on, guys. Just a hot yeah. second. Not <laughs> just, even a whole, just, just a hot one. Right? Just, <laughs> just a hot one. <laughs> one hot second. Maybe a hot minute. Maybe a hot Right. Minute. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I want to like switch gears really quick and go to our segment called the quick fire segment. So we're going to ask you five random questions. The goal is to answer them with the first thing that comes to mind. And I'm going to try not to follow up and ask you more questions from that one question. (laughs) Okay. Try. (laughs) All right. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Uh, First question. What advice do you have for our female entrepreneurs listening who are interested in solo travel? Research, research, research. That is you just, you can't do enough research. Awesome. Right. 
What's the one thing you can't live without while traveling? Oh, my neck pillow. It's got to have memory foam. Got to have a neck pillow. Um, what's been your least favorite international travel destination? Mm, Cuba. Mm. It was a rough, it was a rough go. <laughs> oh, I want to talk about that. I'll ask you that later. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, what does freedom look like for you and your business? The ability to outsource social media marketing. Oh my goodness. The best thing <laughs> I think I've ever done. Um, my and God. who are you stalking on IG right now? Who am I stalking? Uh, it just, sorry. I love Rachel Cargill. I don't, I've heard of the name, but I don't actually know. What's her deal? What's she about? So she is, um, she's a black entrepreneur and activist and um, scholar but she teaches about anti-racism and about um, what she, she teaches by showing a lot of like a lot of the things that happened to her, but she also has started a foundation for, for women of color to have access to therapy, which I think is so Mm. important. And also uh, started the wait something about, she has a bookshop. There's a bookshop where, I don't know that much about it. Maybe I'm not stalking her that much. No, um, I just love how, <laughs> no, I am. I just, I love how she teaches and it, it just comes from a place of, I think an educator respecting another educator. Yeah. And I love how gentle she is with people, but also truthful. Yeah. Which is a skill in itself. It's, it's hard for people mm. to be both gentle and truthful. Like just being honest, mm-hmm. like, people sometimes I see people are being are good at one or the other but both ooh, mm -mm, that's a rarity I'm not yeah I'm not very gentle Um, (laughs) you know like I I can be but my students like especially for a few years ago um before I like really had my anxiety under control they would be like oh Miss Obenchain's gonna roast you (laughs) (laughs) you're not not wrong (laughs) you're like you better listen to him I'm like, well, he told you, so. Right. (laughs) You were warned. Just saying. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Really quick. Tell us about this Cuba thing. Oh, yeah. So part of it is just my own just naivete and white privilege. That's part of it. Um, The other part of it is that uh, the Cuban, and I don't know that much about it, but just because I haven't, um, again, in my privilege, haven't studied that much about it, but, you know, I think we kind of screwed Cuba over with the embargo back in the day. So they don't have access to any, you know, of our exports. Um, but they also live in a communist society where the people are, from what I can tell, really poor. And like the conditions are not good. Mm-hmm. You know, it was uh, really interesting to see you know, we went to, we went over to the Capitol building. It's absolutely beautiful. We're in Havana. They're redoing the rotunda. You know, it's getting all of these updates and not a block over this building is crumbling to the ground. Mm. You know, we trash in the streets and, um, you know, we saw a man taking a shower 
because the water was coming down off his roof after a downpour. And it's not so much as like, oh, I feel bad for these people. But I'm like, your government is stealing from you. Yeah. You know, everyone is putting in all of this work and you're not getting anything for it. That was really, I just, I kind of angry. And then also it just was not what I expected because like I said earlier, we didn't do enough research. Yeah. Um, We thought we did, but you know, it, Cuba is not your Tulum. Let's just say that. And that's kind of, I think what we were expecting, not maybe as, you know, high end or whatever, as some places in Mexico, but you know, we were expecting a kind of a Caribbean beach vacation and it was a lot, it was difficult to navigate for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for Um, sharing that with us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, it's so funny because it wasn't until what, like a few years ago that you could actually even go to Cuba, like for, Mm -hmm. for travel. And I remember like a lot of people, it was like up in the air. It was like half the people are like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to go. And some people are like, wait, I'm gonna let y'all go first. Just inside, (laughs) just in case they decide to close it back up. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh man. Well, and that's, that's kind of why we went and yeah, it was, you know, this is not to say it was the worst trip ever because it wasn't, it just, that's kind of one of the things I talk about in my course too, is managing your expectations of a trip. Because, yeah. you know, if if you don't do enough research and you're expecting one thing and you show up and it's another, then you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. And speaking so, of your course, mm-hmm, I heard mm-hmm. that you may have a little gift for, oh, for the lurkers. Tell us about it. Tell us about it. All right, lurkers. Um, so if you use code LurkLounge, you can get $20 off the course. And um, it's, let's see, it's seven videos. There are several, you know, kind of PDFs to go along with it. But also I provide transcripts because I know that not everybody is a video person or might want to read, uh, to read it or take notes. And I did not, I couldn't figure out closed captioning. So for those that might be hearing impaired, the transcripts are there as well. So. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I cannot wait for you guys to check that out and tell us, Rachel, how do the lurkers get in contact with you? Right now, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram handle is Conchetta Consulting, which I just changed it. But um, it is so Conchetta was actually my grandmother's name, a little Italian grandma. Um, and then Consulting, because I don't know, I have plans. There you for go. Down the road. Yeah. There you go. Spell yeah. Conchetta for him. It's C O N C E T T A, and then Consulting. Awesome. The regular way. Yeah. And guys, Rachel doesn't know it yet, but I'm going to have her come back for another episode because we got to talk about this people of color, white privilege, Italian grandma mix here (laughs) that you have going on and what's that like and how it impacts or does not impact your business. But I know that's a rabbit hole. So. We'll save that for another day. (laughs) Next hour. (laughs) I love it. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for joining me here on the Lurk Lounge and blessing us, talking to us about travel and your experiences, especially as a newbie entrepreneur. I think it is Mm -hmm. so important for people to realize, like, one, you have to start somewhere. 
right? Mm, and mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, it can feel like, you know, the best thing in the world. And then some days it feels like a crapshoot and that's okay. We just wake <laughs> up and keep going, right? Um, so thank you so much for joining me here and sharing your stories with us. Now, I always start off with giving our lurkers like a little bit of biz tea. So mm. what would be the final gem that you would Ooh. leave the lurkers with? My biz tea is to network like it's the second part of your job. <gasps> to just meet people genuinely and without any intent to sell them anything. Um, because that's how I ended up here. But also, you know, if you're networking, you just never know, know what doors it might open, but also just the amazing people that you might meet. And, you know, especially in a time when we are at home for the majority of the time and in online business, meeting people that are uh, influential and uplifting is so important. So network. 100%. Love it. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Rachel, for coming. Thank you. Thank you, Summer. (laughs) It was so fun. All right, Lurkers. That's it for this episode of the Lurk Lounge. Gems were dropped and lessons were plenty. Shout out to our sponsor, Burnley Law PLLC. Burnley Law helps entrepreneurs nationwide secure their U.S. federal trademark registration. For legal and business tips on how to protect and own the boss brand you're building, join the email list at BurnleyLaw.com. Until next time, I'm Summer Burnley, and thank you for lurking.